think it was the Department of Veterans Affairs in the US, I, I think, that had a site which was using GitHub pages that ended up it was it was a calculator for something and i think they announced it on like the today show or something in the states and it had thousands upon thousands of, of hits in a very short period of time and they they were really impressed with the uh the the performance of it the site stayed up and the server hardly hardly even blinked episode 112 may 2015 In this interview with Kobe Chapo, product designer at GitHub, you'll hear about Jekyll, various plugins, different kinds of GitHub pages, and other options to host Jekyll sites. Can you name a couple of ways of deploying Jekyll sites? Yeah, uh, GitHub pages is the obvious one. Um, shameless plug. You can also deploy uh, Jekyll sites to Heroku using Git as well, if you like the, the Git-based Git deployment system. And I'm sure other other kind of similar infrastructure as a service providers will would, would let you deploy Jekyll sites as well. I know a lot of people still have, I guess, more traditional web hosting accounts, so they'd still maybe deploy with, you know, rsync or FTP. I think that those are probably the most common most common ways. Can you talk about the differences of user pages and org pages and right. project pages? It can be a little confusing, but it, once you once you understand the differences, it it's it's reasonably simple. There's two different types of GitHub pages sites uh, at GitHub. One is a user page, and the other one is a pro, is what we call a project page. With a user page, each GitHub account gets exactly one user page, whether it's an individual user account or whether it's an organization user account. Each GitHub username gets one user page. You can have unlimited project pages though. So if you need a second site, you can you can use a project page and it'll have the exact same effect. You just need to you know name it slightly differently. Any GitHub pages site will be public even if the the project is private. So you can ha you can have a private root repository, but the compiled output if you if you ha if you have it set up as a GitHub pages site will be public, which actually opens up uh, a number of uh, a number of options that that can be quite interesting too. You can have a private project and have the documentation for a private project be compiled and published as a as a public site, um, just using the one repository. But with the so so with a user page, you only get one because we uh, the repo is the the site will actually end up being served at your username.github.io, which is why you only get one with each GitHub user account, is because it's actually served up at, at your username a URL that's based on your username. And the repo has to be called the exact same thing. It has to be called username.github.io, and the contents of the master branch of a user page is what will be built and served at that at that URL. With a project page, the repo can be called anything. And it's the gh-pages branch of, of any repo that will be served at username.github.io slash. But if it's a private repo, then all of the branches will be private. But the compiled output of the GitHub pages site, which lives on the gh-pages branch, will be public. But the, the, the actual repo itself and even the gh-pages branch will still not be, not be accessible if you type, type the repo URL. Can you maybe talk about how to get those pages up and running? Sure. So the, the easiest way to do it would be to, on your GitHub account, create a new repository called username.github.io. Not You'd have to replace the word username with your username. So for example, for me, it would be kobeism.github.io is the name of the repository I would create. And then just in that repository, make a site. That's the simplest way to do it. If you've already got a project and you want to create a GitHub Pages site for it, then it's 
pretty easy to create a project page for it as well. All you need to do is create a branch, either using the GitHub web-based interface or using the command line if you're comfortable with that, and just create a branch called gh-pages, and on that branch, delete everything else that you might have in from, from the repo and create a site there. You'll never actually merge that branch into the master branch. So you know, it just can be a separate site. Probably the, the, the easiest thing to do is to have a look at pages.github.com where we have some pretty pretty clear instructions on how to how to create either a user page or a project page or you can have a look at the articles on help.github.com about all of the things you'll need to do and that should should help help you get started even if you've never never worked with it before what can you tell us about the github pages gem yeah yes so one of the things we had people contact us about contact us about pretty frequently was they would be using GitHub Pages, but the sites that, that they would push up would appear slightly differently in some, some situations when they're served from GitHub Pages than when they were previewing the site locally from the Jekyll server. And this was almost always because people were running uh, a different version of Jekyll or one of the, the other gems that is dependent on, like Liquid or, or, um, or something. They were running a different version locally than we were running in production for, for when we were building a site for GitHub Pages. So what we did was we created a gem which is open source, and all it does is it's just a wrapper for the exact versions of each of the gems we use in production to build GitHub Pages sites. So what this means is that anyone who's working with a Jekyll site that they're planning to host with GitHub Pages can just put a single line into a gem file with the, the GitHub Pages gem, and then use Bundler locally to ensure that they're run that they're running the exact same versions that we use in production for the site locally. Yeah, and that's that's helped simplify things a ton and help. It's really, it's really easy to troubleshoot things then. What are the most obscure use cases or hacks people have been using Jekyll for? I haven't seen anything really crazy. I mean, I've seen people use it for like creating a book. I've seen people, I think, mocking like API endpoints that, that where the data doesn't change yeah, very often. So I've, I've seen a few things that are you know outside of the, the regular use case of just a, a regular site. But um, other than that, I... I can't say I've ever seen anything too crazy. And what are the most uh, notable projects and maybe also the biggest projects? So some of the ones that people might have heard of would be uh, the Bootstrap site, the Bootstrap uh, front-end framework uses Jekyll for all its documentation. But there's there's a lot of other projects as well, things like the the foundation framework by Zurb as well. I guess very similar to Bootstrap also uses um, GitHub Pages and Jekyll for their site. The Jekyll site itself is the documentation is built using Jekyll, obviously. Uh, you mentioned before the Obama campaign and some of the US government uh, departments I know have been using it. There was a, um, I think there was a, I think it was the Department of Veterans Affairs in the US, I, I think, that had a site which was using GitHub pages that ended up it was it was a calculator for something and i think they announced it on like the today show or something in the states and it had thousands upon thousands of, of hits in a very short period of time and they they were really impressed with the uh the the performance of it the site stayed up and the server hardly hardly even blinked so i know there's been some really very high profile use, uses of it outside of just the you know the open source projects and documentation there's heaps of heaps of people's personal blogs and, and company blogs that use it. Uh, what kind of plugins are available for Jekyll? Yeah, so there's there's a number that are available, and I think they're all listed on the, the, the end of the Jekyll documentation. There's a page for plugins, which lists a whole bunch of them. I tend to not use plugins very often. Most of the work that I do that uses Jekyll is completely, you know, the, the base functionality that Jekyll provides completely covers all the, the things I need to do. 
especially since you know Jekyll added support for the SAS and CoffeeScript um, file processing uh, out of the box. Um, since that's been added, I haven't had to use a, a plugins for things like that at all. There are a few plugins that we let people use on GitHub pages though that we whitelist because they're really useful um, and we find a lot of people kind of kind of like having them. One is Gemoji, it's J and then the word emoji, um, which lets you use emoji the same way you do on GitHub in Markdown and within Jekyll so that you actually get the emoji showing up in, in blog posts and things like that. That's really cool. I know a lot of people use that. There's also similar ones for like mentions within Jekyll. So if you want to like use an, the at sign and then a name of like a username, that'll link to someone's GitHub profile. So there's there's plugins like that that we wireless. There's also like a sitemap plugin that lets you generate like a, a standards compliant XML sitemap for, for your site just automatically when it's pushed up to GitHub pages. So those are ones that I, I know people get a lot of use out, out of. Um, and like I say, we, we whitelist those for um, use with GitHub pages so anyone can use them. All you need to do is, is add them to the config file and, and they'll just work out of the box. Mm -hmm.